You're listening to Drive and Convert, a podcast about helping online brands to build a better e-commerce growth engine with John McDonald and Ryan Garrow. Hey, Ryan. Good to reconnect again today for another episode. I am interested in today's topic because I know very little about it, obviously. Uh, This is where your expertise comes in. But when people really think about advertising on Google for e-commerce brands, most people initially think about Google shopping ads, right? Easy. And that's rightfully so, right? Shopping ads have been growing in impressions at an amazing clip. So it seems like it really makes sense. But with that advent of smart shopping campaigns, which you and I have discussed several times, and it's not (laughs) usually smart, um, it has become ridiculously easy to start spending money on Google shopping ads and to, to see some return. But you and I have seen data in Google Analytics where some areas of Google ads are being ignored by brands and mainly around text ads. So I'm sure there are quite a few listeners out there that are overlooking that part of Google as well. And I thought it would be great to tackle this issue today. What do you think? Oh, man, I'm excited. Number one, we're talking about ads, which is (laughs) what I get excited about because I'm weird. Uh, But yes, this is. I think we're both weird in that regard, Ryan. I, yeah, I, I get excited geez. about conversions. Who gets excited about conversions? I mean, I do when it's going into my bank account. <laughs> perfect. I love it. So, why are companies overlooking text ads? Easy answer is I don't know. <laughs> the data would tell you invest more in text ads, but it it is more complicated for many companies to do this. So in some areas, depending on how you're managing your Google Ads, it may take more work, and that may not be something companies are willing to do. So if things, if there's a resistance or difficulty in doing something, a lot of people take the easy route and like, eh, just forget it. We're, we're getting along well enough with shopping ads. Let's keep pushing there. Regularly, I'm getting on the call with brands and, and reminding them about these wonderful things called text ads and the fact that they're there and they're, they drive high value traffic and pay attention. So mm-hmm. even from a numbers perspective, so Joyful Dirt, for example, when I'm looking at numbers, because uh, everything in e-com, as you know, is just, Let's look at the data and yeah. let the data tell us what we can do. That we make hypotheses and then we test against it and realize either I was it made a bad choice or it was a good choice. And then we keep pivoting and testing. So we're always testing. But at Joyful Dirt, for example, the same search query, indoor plant food, for us, is, it's just a good term, good non-brand term. They're new to our brand if we get them. So I'm generally pretty aggressive on these. Mm-hmm. My shopping ads for this, I have a couple products. Three, three of my products maybe would work really well for that search terms. We try to get them up there where it's appropriate. But my click-through rate on shopping ads on Google is about a third of a percent. And so of all the people searching for the term indoor plant food, I'll get somewhere between 0.3 and 0.5% of those on my shopping ads. That same exact term, I also have a text ad. Mm-hmm. Text ads get between 5 and 7% of the traffic. So if the search term is one you want more of, text ad is going to get you a lot more of it than a shopping ad will. You know, unless you have the ability to get a monopoly, then maybe the combined shopping ads mm-hmm. equals about one text ad. But it's far and away getting a higher volume of traffic. So is the volume the, the play here then? And I assume that the cost goes up with that volume. Yeah, text ads, as a general rule, are more expensive. Mm-hmm. Horrible, horrible generalization, which is another reason a lot of people focus on shopping ads because it's easier cost per click. Yep. It's lower. I'll get more volume. So, but if you just say for every 100 searches out there, if you're only running shopping ads, you might get one of those. And if it's converting at a rate that makes sense, because you're working with John, you're getting a great conversion rate, the idea would be how do I get more of those actual searchers? Because I can convert them, 
So if I could somehow go from one out of a hundred of these people searching for the term I know works well on my site, mm -hmm. all you're trying to do is get more of that traffic. And shopping can be phenomenal at finding these cool little nuggets because it is cheaper. Yep. You can cover a larger breadth of volume of searches and see where Google's putting your ad up there because you don't have keywords in shopping. You're like, oh, indoor plant food. Great. I am getting half a percent of the traffic and it is making me money. Well, let's get a text ad up there as well and get you a higher volume of those people. Even if it costs you a little more per click, mm -hmm. the volume may more than make up for that if you're converting at a rate that makes sense. It's looking at just finding the searchers and, and looking at data on Google as if they're searching for this, that's the person I want. You're not looking beyond that at audiences and things like that, which can add a whole bunch of layers of <laughs> complexity, but it's every person searching for this, no matter where I'm getting the click, I like it. Let's just increase the volume of those. Okay. You probably, one of the things I imagine you see then is that a lot of people are overpaying for clicks. Why, why is that? They are, and that's probably causing a lot of the frustration in text ads. Mm -hmm. You know, if you see your average clicks, in fact, on my non-brand shopping on, on Joyful Dirt, my, my cost per click on some of these non-brand terms, looking at one of my campaigns, is about 58 cents per click. But on the text ads, it's costing me somewhere around 90 cents. So it's a, from a magnitude of spend per click, obviously it's 40 cents, yeah, who cares? But from a magnitude of increase, that's you know a 80% increase right. on the click itself which is substantial. Well, plus, plus when the volume goes up, right? You're paying per click at a higher volume on that text ad. Yep. It's gonna get really expensive real quick compared to- It is. And, and that's where understanding how to build a Google Ads account is valuable. Hmm. And understanding how Google's system works with text ads and this thing called quality score. And we've talked about it a few times and, and how you optimize for quality score, how do you be aware of it. But quality score simplified higher your quality score on one to 10, the less you pay. Mm -hmm. And uh, this morning I talked to a company that was averaging a six and the average across Google is about a seven. So above seven, you're paying less per click than your competitors from a quality score perspective and less than seven, you're paying a little bit of a premium. And this guy knew more than most about Google ads. He was the owner and he was managing about 20,000 and spend himself. And I said, you know, it's not embarrassingly bad that you have a six out of 10, but there's some really simple things you can do in an account from a text ad perspective that would move you probably from a six to an eight by just mm -hmm. not even spending a lot of time in there. And that move from a six to an eight will mean a significant difference in your cost per click. And so taking my example, if I did have a poor quality score on my Google ads, text ads, which I don't, but let's just say 90 cents <laughs> was, <laughs> was bad right? It was like a six and I moved to an eight. It wouldn't just be like, oh yeah, you increased two points. Okay. Yeah. You're going to spend maybe 70 cents a click. It might actually drop to 60 cents a click. Like it, it's, it's kind of a, it's an exponential increase or decrease one way or the other. Like it, it can be painful or really beneficial hmm. improving that quality score. And this is all because Google wants to have the most relevant ads, right? Yeah. If Google has an area of your ad that's like, this does not relate to that search very well, not good for Google's brand, mm -hmm. basically, is how you have to look at it. Like it's Google's world. Yep. Um, and so we're trying to optimize for what Google thinks or says is best. And if it's the right kind of traffic, the key is getting as much volume as possible, the lowest cost possible, and then letting the site do what it's supposed to do. And so this morning, uh, the brand I was talking to, the biggest struggle they had was 
it was the owner managing the ads probably the end of the day was the biggest struggle but the pro the thing he was doing was not he didn't have enough time and so his ad groups over time became bigger and bigger as far as number of keywords in them and this is a really easy one if you just take one extra step when you're looking at your keywords and he was doing what most business owners do is he's looking at a shopping query saying oh i converted on this let me build out a text ad for that and that's a good way to do it not bad he was just putting that keyword in an ad group that was performing the best mm -hmm. Saying, oh, this ad group gets all kind of all these searches here. So over time, he had built an ad group that had started just, I think, as his brand terms. <laughs> it had ab absorbed a lot of non-brand terms because it had been performing well because it was his brand. And so the same ad was showing for these crazy non-brand searches that were really good for him to be showing for, but he was now showing below the fold because of a low quality score. So his brand terms were being dragged down. It, overall, it was causing a lot more of pain than it could or should have been. If you just said, hey, I'm going to create a new ad group every time I find a new keyword that I want and think through that ad. In fact, you were you were telling me earlier, the, just before this, about one company that was doing some tests that's not working with you mm -hmm. <laughs> around free shipping or 10% off. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that sounds like some, not something you would do for CRO, which unfortunately they were, but maybe on a text ad. Like if you actually are doing 10% off, or free shipping, like mm -hmm. that headline test is your most important call out. So as you read your headline, whatever in Google ads, mm -hmm. your headline too, generally, and this is still to this day surprises me, that free shipping is one of the best call outs in Google ads. Yeah. I would have thought Amazon created a, a made that work for everybody so nobody <laughs> needs to click on free shipping ads, <laughs> but it still will cause a higher click-through rate. You're listening to Drive and Convert, a podcast focused on e-commerce growth. Your hosts are John McDonald, founder of The Good, a conversion rate optimization agency that works with e-commerce brands to help convert more of their visitors into buyers, and Ryan Garrow of Logical Position, a digital marketing agency offering pay-per-click management, search engine optimization, and website design services to brands of all sizes. If you find this podcast helpful, please help us out by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts and sharing it with a friend or colleague. Thank you. There's a whole bunch of psychology we could get into behind that, I'm sure. I mean, the reality from a conversion standpoint is pretty clear that people assume they go to a site, that a DTC site anyways, that they are going to have to pay shipping and it's going to be a surprise cost when they get to the cart. Right, They go to checkout mm -hmm. and then they enter their address. Next thing you know, the shipping charge comes in. So you're eliminating that fear upfront, which is really the bonus there, right? That That's where the value comes in on, on that mm -hmm. type of uh, messaging. So it's it's something that performs pretty well in, in testing. I, don't, I, I wouldn't even test it. You know, it's funny, We I did a webinar yesterday and one of the great questions that came out of it was, would you do free shipping or would you say, flat rate shipping. And I said, I would say free shipping and add that flat rate cost onto every product price because the consumer is not going to bounce for two, three, four, five dollars, right? It's not worth their time to go research another provider or an alternative to your, your product. They're already there. So you're playing this game of well, how much is that effort worth to the consumer? 99% of consumers, five bucks isn't worth their time to go search for another provider that has a similar product. So if you're a direct-to-consumer brand, like just up your prices a few dollars and include the shipping fee. I'll play devil's advocate to that. Mm -hmm. 
So that works really well, I think. This is, would be my hypothesis I'd want to test when you're getting a lot of organic traffic mm. and the prices aren't visible beforehand. Because if all of your competitors are selling something for 50 bucks and you're going to go in at 55 mm -hmm. with free shipping, that may not get you the level of traffic you need to have it work because you're priced higher. Right. My challenge to most companies is suck it up and pay the shipping and go for the lifetime value. Mm -hmm. Because getting that customer and getting that data, yeah, you might lose, depending on shipping, five to 10 bucks, but you're getting a customer that your competitors aren't getting and that has to make you feel warm and fuzzy. Right. If it doesn't, I got a question why you're in business online anyway. <laughs> You've got to feel warm and fuzzy for getting a customer your competitors don't. <laughs> Because sometimes it won't be profitable. Hey, <laughs> so the moment I mean, fuzzies the, are important. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> I can agree with that. I'd also say that if you're a competitor at all, right? And if you're going to be in e-commerce, you, you darn well better be a competitor. And mm -hmm. I think in that case, it's just going to feel good to get the win, right? Like you just, you know, yes, warm and fuzzy that you got a sale, but warm and fuzzy that you kept a competitor from getting a sale. Yeah, that's where my warm and fuzzy comes in. Like, mm. I, if you're not there when somebody's searching for what you want, and so this is how I look at it with Joyful Dirt, if indoor plant food, if I am not there, I have no shot at getting that customer because I'm, I, don't have an, I don't have an organic or a paid, whatever it happens to mm -hmm. be, if I'm not on that page one, good luck on Google. It's, it's just not going to happen. I mean, right. so uh, you play the odds and play the numbers, which I do. So I have to be there and understand that I have to remove every barrier to conversion that I can. If I might lose only one or 2% of my converters because I don't have free shipping, mm -hmm. I don't care. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have free shipping. Right. And no, I'm playing the lifetime value game and trying to bring them back through email and loyalty. Yep. Yeah, I think that's great. I, and I also think it matters if you're in a commodity marketplace, right? If you're in a true commodity, then you probably are already competing on price. Right, you're mm -hmm. the gas station on the corner. I can drive up the street and save ten cents. I'm, I might do that because it's no skin off my back, right? Yeah. But if you're selling a boutique product or something that is higher end, like Joyful Dirt versus you know a big fertilizer company, right? Mm -hmm. At that point, it it might make sense, you know, to bake in the shipping costs. Exactly. That's where I think if you're not competing head to head against a hundred other retailers for the same product you're going to have to figure out how to probably eat some shipping. Mm. But if you're creating a brand that's not, that's competing against other brands, not my product versus theirs, not my product times 10 other retailers plus their product times 50 <sighs> retailers, then I think it does make sense. So you can easily bake shipping in there and do free shipping. Okay. 100%. And my wife and I have this tension a lot <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with her, because she's a retailer. And yes. she's like, I, I'm not going to eat the margin on shipping. I'm like, I mean, you might have to. Yeah. And so she's constantly testing shipping thresholds. I feel the pain of retailers in that thing. Like you're selling the same thing a lot of other people are selling and you have to figure out if you're not nurturing your customers to the way you, all the potential that you can, in many cases, you're looking at that margin on that first order. And if there's not enough margin there, you have to cut it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's painful, that shipping conversation. And you can't always look at big competitors on that either. Yes. Like she looks at some of her big retail competitors or big brands in retail. Mm -hmm. Like, well, they have this flat rate shipping tier that if they spend 125, they pay this. If they spend 200, they get this. And I was like, they built a massive brand though. And they get a lot of people searching for them that they don't need to get a bunch of new to file customers as you do. Well, plus they, their shipping rates are way less because their volume is so massive, right? Yes. And, and they're 
logistics side is is just so massive that you know there's economies of scale there that mm-hmm. a local retailer is not going to have. I know we got off topic here from from these Google text ads a little bit. Not that that isn't is invaluable discussion, but I, I'm wondering why are you having to remind companies that text ads are still there? What what is it that you keep having to to remind them about? Like I, I'm still kind of ra- trying to wrap my head around if I'm a company and I'm doing text ads, but now I'm moving on to shopping and now I'm moving on to YouTube. I'm doing all these social channels, everything else. Mm-hmm. Do a lot of brands turn off their text ads? I mean, do you, is there a reason that you have to remind them that the text ads are still there? Is it just kind of one of those things that people set it and forget it and it just doesn't get optimized? I think more often than not, it's the set it and forget it. Companies that have to be reminded a bunch mm. that these are there. It's, and it becomes a time function internally where I just, they just don't have the time or the bandwidth to get in and really focus on text ads to make them work better. So over time, competitors push them down or they just gradually start stop working and spending and their quality scores degrade and the shopping becomes easier to keep on top of, mm-hmm. like getting the product feed in there, making sure that's working. You know, if they're using target ROAS on shopping, which for many companies is not bad, it's because there's a lot more easy buttons on shopping. Um, I think years ago, one of my competitors created an automatic ad group building system that was mm-hmm. I think 12 years ago, revolutionary. It was like, whoa, we can build out these ad groups based on converting queries automatically that your account's going to get big and massive, but we're only building out converting queries. I'm like, that's pretty cool tech 11 years ago. Now it's not that unique and not even that valuable anymore. But it's it's the manual work that has to be done because there's no, at this point, quality shortcuts that I've seen that's going to be able to put, there's some technology emerging. There's a couple of partners of ours that were staying on top of this technology that they're developing that I think is going to be building out some text ads pretty at scale fairly well mm-hmm. or finding waste pretty well and optimize some bids. So there's some cool things coming, but for the average business owner or business, just having to comb through search queries, understand that building out single product or single keyword ad groups makes sense from a quality score perspective and just having to be in it and knowledgeable about it, it just... It, it's frustrating at the least and just unbearable at the worst where you just forget it. Yeah. I'm doing okay with shopping. Keep it there. So the business owner I talked to today was just like, look, it's just become too much. I'm not doing as much as I could. A lot of companies that have agencies are probably not ignoring it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there is an agency ignoring it and ju- there's a couple agencies that just do shopping, that's where I would challenge you to, you need somebody that's doing some text ads. Like, um, you can't only be doing shopping in e-commerce. And even those systems, I'll call them, that are doing text ad or shopping ad automation mm-hmm. are having to do text ads. They're having to hire people, which they were built, I don't know, five, six years ago, specifically to be this wonderful system that was just going to make your business work in e-com by running shopping for you. It was the easy button for that. Mm-hmm. And then they're realizing that to win in e-com, you have to be able to do text ads. And that is a human capital endeavor. Right. And it's, they're struggling <laughs> mightily at doing it. I can understand it's a challenge. I mean, it's kind of like a unicorn to me anyway. It's like I have no understanding of how to do text ads appropriately. And that's why I'm learning so much talking to you about this stuff. And what what else has been left out? Anything else that you feel like we should I would on? just say that you have to be, It's I use the term probably dancing with the devil sometimes, probably too much. Like Google's not the devil. But you understand that Google's goals are different than yours. Mm. Like their goal is not specifically to grow your business. They've never stated that. They have shareholders. And they're one of the most valuable companies in the world because they're very good at helping people advertise. 
that Google's platform is awesome. But if you assume that all these things that Google has available to you as a business owner in Google Ads is designed to help you just by turning it on or using it, you're mistaking. And so within the text ad space, like the nuances of punctuation in a keyword as you put it in there has a massive impact on what that keyword does. And I know it because I'm in it all day long. Mm -hmm. But most business owners are like, oh, I want to show for the term indoor plant food. So I type indoor plant food and put it in there. If you didn't put punctuation around it, you're showing for any level of keyword involving indoors, indoor <laughs> air, indoor food. <laughs> yep. Can I eat food indoors? You might show for that term with the term indoor plant food if it's broad match. And so it's not Google's fault because there is some value to those broad match terms in the right scenario. And so that's why they have it in there. Mm -hmm. But it's also the easiest one to put in there and light some money on fire. And so it does take work. And if, in my general rule of thumb, as a business owner, if you're managing your Google Ads account, if you're getting to that $2,500 a month spend, it probably makes sense to have an expert doing that for you. And you and I last week, last well, last podcast talked about the time value mm -hmm. and you know how much does your, is your time worth? You know, if I can spend some of my time doing it, I don't even know if it, maybe it was after the podcast we were talking <laughs> about about, hey, what's the value of my time? Does it make sense to hire somebody to do my lawn? Well, if I can have somebody doing the lawn and then spend my time doing something, we'll have a higher value hanging mm -hmm. out with my family, my kids, working on businesses, then yeah, it generally makes sense to do that. And so, you know, a logical position, for example, we'll charge somebody, you know, $649 to manage $2,500 in ad spend. That's not an untenable cost mm -hmm. for that amount of money. And the return could probably be there in helping improve the account to that level. Right. Yeah. So, can, could you make that 600 bucks back by optimizing most likely right especially if you can yeah. get your ad score up like you were talking about at the beginning of today from that that you know six to an eight and save that money uh mm -hmm. with every click so yeah you're saving money but you'll also be saving time because you're a business owner either you mm -hmm. feel guilty because you're not doing it and you know you should because it's helping grow your business in google ads or you're wasting a bunch of time in there and do the math calculation on how much time it's taking you to do it versus 649 Mm -hmm. for somebody else to do so <laughs> <There you go. laughs> well right on that note thank you for schooling me on text ads today appreciate it i look forward to continuing the conversations on how to better spend my money on ads so that i'm not lighting <laughs> it on fire <laughs> don't light money on fire it's never fun <laughs> thank you ryan have a great day thanks john thanks for listening to drive and convert with john mcdonald and ryan garrow Keep up to date with new episodes. You can subscribe at driveandconvert.com.